0: Welcome back to Sustaining Craft, the podcast all about those combining their passion and craft into a business. Thank Brittany Oaks of Wandering Oaks Photography for joining me today. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you? you. I'm good. Thanks for coming. So I wanted to talk briefly about how we met because I thought it was it was a little funny. But we we're in the same woman's Facebook group. I had posted a question about focusing on too many things at once, and you commented on um, you do a couple of things, and then you had a, a history major. kind of devolved into what we got our degrees in from school and what we're doing now. Um, but can you explain what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah. um, I am a birth photographer. So basically I have a photography business, but it is solely based on birth. So it's a very different model from a regular photography business because I don't take weddings. I can't take, schedule a bunch of photo sessions because it's based on being on call. I'm a birth worker, you know? Um, And also I volunteer with an international organization. Now I lay me down to sleep and I take photos on a volunteer basis for free, no charge to the families. Um, of stillborn babies
0: mm-hmm.
1: so those are my two big things that I spend a lot of time on right now other than momming mm-hmm.
0: and you had mentioned kind of this idea of life and death is, is yeah. both of what you embrace and you got your degree in in history yeah. which you know kind of long history of life and death mm-hmm. on earth like
1: that's a thing that's happened a lot yeah <laughs> there's patterns there <laughs> there's patterns lots of patterns
0: mm-hmm.
1: so um yeah and just a historical tie-in for me, I, I think it's really, really awesome that I think we are transitioning more, like the pendulum swings, mm-hmm. you know, I think we are transitioning more for it being back in the home,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, because the pendulum swung very far away from the midwives, you know, they are persecuted, basically thrown out of being allowed to practice mostly in the United States, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, most states had it illegal at one time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and now there's a big push for women in their sacred spaces to be respected and to be able to do it at home again, um, so that's just kind of a very historical view of birth that we're coming back to, which
0: I like. Yes, <laughs> and it was interesting because we talked briefly about this. It feels like a very political thing to talk about, um, it does. but we're not. These aren't hot button topics. It's just women giving birth, and I thought about if I'd wanted to interview you because I'm like, well, I don't have kids. And is this something that other people would be interested in? But the more I thought about it, we're all, you know, you had mentioned before, we're all born. This is something we all go through. And the reality is, is I've actually, I've witnessed three births. I'm one of eight kids. So I have i was eight years old when I saw my first birth. And just kind of delving into the story, you do have a very beautiful story of how you started this business, why you want to do it, and what you've seen as a result of it. So I'd love to talk about that a bit more. But it does, it does still feel like that, weirdly. It, a little political, but it shouldn't be, right? I know, Should it? It be. But
1: it actually is very political yeah. here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a very hot button issue with the midwifery rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, recently, I, I think one of the midwives is on NPR being
0: mm-hmm. interviewed
1: about you know some of the draconian regulations that we have here. Which, I mean, women's
0: bodies are. And
1: political, which mm-hmm. is
0: sad. It is. And uh, years ago, I had I had invited my friends to write some essays with me on you know what it meant to be a woman and, and all th- these things. And one of my friends had written about beauty as a commodity. Mm-hmm. So there is something about women's bodies that have, has been turned into a commodity, right. whether it's your looks or no, you know has, giving 100%. life or any of that. And it has become this very political thing because there is money attached to it. A lot there of is.
1: Money yeah, a it. lot of money attached to it. Um, you know, it's World Breastfeeding Week. Oh, okay. So that's a cool thing. I have uncovered breastfed for about a decade now. Mm -hmm. I nursed my oldest till he was two, my middle till he was three, and my youngest till he was three. So some of those overlapped. I Mm -hmm. tandem nursed for a while, but I've done that over five different countries. And it's just been really interesting, the different response through different countries, but it is such a commodity. and, and, And you have to think when people are so negative about it, when they look at you and go, oh, that's gross. Have to think about the fact that that actually is financial <laughs> mm-hmm. because um if we think that women's bodies are gross or only sexual then we won't use them for that and then we can pay the formula companies. <laughs> mm-hmm. which you know in a very real way the the time that that became not okay was when the formula companies exploded in like the 50s mm-hmm. and then it became you know please put your boobs away <laughs> mm-hmm. but before that it was not a thing they weren't
0: just overtly sexual they were for feeding babies <laughs> and in other countries they're not <clears throat> like no. it's not as big of a thing as it is here in the no. United States there are definitely nude beaches
1: all over where we lived we lived mm-hmm. in Crete mm-hmm. <clears throat> lots of beaches mm-hmm. and um my kids just got used to it
0: they're mm-hmm. like oh,
1: that really old large lady has no <laughs> and it's fine. And it's you will just... virtualize your if you're you just... uncomfortable. <laughs> and, you know, convenient covers right here, yeah. right yeah. on your face. Just shut them. Yeah. Shut your eyes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> can take some actions. Well, tell me a little bit about how you got into this business. I you know you—you'd been always been interested in in birth. I have. Actually, I actually have this book.
1: I was going to show you. Okay.
0: I got this as a teenager. <laughs> I don't know if you can
1: see how dog-eared this book about. It's uh, by a birth anthropologist, Sheila Kitzinger, uh, "Rediscovering Birth," and I have dog-eared this thing to pieces yeah. because I just love it. Mm-hmm. I've always, always loved birth. It's just mm-hmm. my favorite subject. And as a teenager, instead of being obsessed with like bands or I don't know whatever teenagers are obsessed with, I read midwifery manuals what? because why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and so when I went to college, I actually did an interview with a um, I sat down and talked to a local midwife and she told me the steps I needed to take to become a midwife. So I went on to declare nursing as my major and very quickly decided I didn't want to do organic chemistry and I didn't like touching icky things. Mm -hmm. So that probably wasn't for me. And so I just kind of wavered around, didn't know what I was going to do. And I ended up in history. I loved one of my professors, Wendy Castro, which her name at the time Mm -hmm. at UCA. Mm -hmm. And she did an emphasis on like women's history. And I absolutely loved it. I just fell in love, you know? And so I think what I loved the whole time was the story of birth Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily touching it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, and in this book too, rediscovering birth, it goes through the history. Mm -hmm. So you can't, and I think that's, that's true of human, um, human story and all. You can't just look at the now what's happening right now. Right. There's always clues in the past that we have to carry forward. And that's true for birth. Absolutely.
1: I mean, we've been doing this, you know, since the first woman gave birth, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) (laughs) like it's, it's happened. Every mm-hmm. single person was born. Like however that happened, if it was a belly birth or whatever, mm-hmm. every
0: single person's been
1: born. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, they, yeah. and I do believe they've done studies on how, how you're born <laughs> impacts you for the rest of your life. Can. And also it can
1: definitely impact a woman, how mm-hmm. she feels about herself. Um, there's a passage in here that talks about how historically childbirth has always been like a proving ground for women. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we get a lot of power from it. It's, 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 uh, what did Native Americans do, you know, when they would go out and have their time? The young boys, they go out in the woods and they would prove themselves with like a vision mm-hmm. time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, birth has been like that for women. You know, it would have started roughly the same time for women around then, like, what, 14? Because that's when women would have started having babies, you know. Oh, wow. So it was a proving ground for them, mm-hmm. you know, their body and their power. And, and and it was very spiritual up until it became medicalized. Uh, birth was always such a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. lots of rituals and symbols. And it's, it's interesting, we kind of have those same things today. And we don't think about it as rituals and symbols and um, just kind of superstitions. Mm-hmm. But if you take um, monitoring, like the monitoring strips that you see they put on women in the hospitals, mm-hmm. time and time again, Studies have proven they do not improve outcomes of birth ever. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, they lead to more cesarean sections and they lead to more cerebral palsy for whatever reason yeah. in in babies. So mm-hmm. why do we do them? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like putting a knife under the bed to cut the pain. For some mm-hmm. reason that makes us feel better. It's a ritual. It's a superstition. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, we're doing something. Yeah. We want to
0: feel like we're doing
1: something mm-hmm. because some people feel like they need to be in control of our bodies mm-hmm. in this
0: situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, you realized nursing wasn't for you. You moved to history and then you got married. Is that? I did.
1: Okay. <clears throat> I was the history nerd and I was very flattered that the frat president liked me. Mm-hmm. So, I got married kind of young and um, then the economy crashed mm-hmm. in like 2008. And I couldn't get a job with a history degree. So, we had a baby because I mm-hmm. guess that's what you do. <laughs> I was at home anyway, being a stay at home wife. I might as well do something, mm-hmm. you know? So, I had a baby. Um, and eventually, some time passed, and I had a divorce <laughs> because straight nerd marrying the frat president wasn't a very good idea. No. Actually, um, and during that time, while I was a single mom, I made some really good friends in you know the Conway area, and one of them invited me to her home birth, and um, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really, really incredible to see, and I'd given birth by that point myself, Mm -hmm. but this was an unmedicated home birth. She started out in the water, ended up going to her bed and just the raw power. And just the fact that she invited only those people she wanted there was really, really interesting to me. You know, that's who was in that house and I was invited and someone threw me a camera while she was pushing and the rest is kind of history. I just was in love with it. I was like, this is a story. I want to tell the story. Mm -hmm. I want to capture these sacred moments because there are a lot of things that are worth capturing in life, you know, momentous moments. But to me at that time, it made it really clear to me, like I spent a lot of my, my wedding photography, mm-hmm. you know, for a wedding that had been like the marriage was an old mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't even show those photos now or care about them because, you know, um, but it doesn't matter what happens with that child. When mm-hmm. you take pictures of that new human being born, that's always your child, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's going to annul that. They're always your child and it's a new human coming in to the planet. You know, it feels very spiritual every single time. I am always moved to tears Mm -hmm. (laughs) every time. So um, I just knew that that's something I wanted to do. Um, But very shortly after that, I got remarried (laughs) to a military guy and we got stationed overseas. Mm -hmm. And as a military spouse in another country, I couldn't work legally. So. I just took pictures of my kids, you know, we traveled, we did a lot of cool stuff. I homeschooled. Um, But I knew that when I got back to the States, I wanted to hit the ground running. I knew what I wanted to do. And so I did like we got back in August last year and I immediately filed for my business, Um, got insurance and, you know, all the stuff that makes a business, figuring out all the taxes and paying the taxes, being a legal person. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just really, really hit the ground running. I knew what I wanted and I have been hustling ever since to make it happen.
0: Are there a lot of other people who do this birth photography? Um, There is no one right now in
1: central Arkansas but me that specializes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a friend who is kind of creeping into it as well. And for a while I had a partner, she was military and she got stationed away. <laughs> so, um, but I have, you know, feelers out for a lot of different people but, but I'm the only one specializing it right now in this area. Mm-hmm. So, And what locations do you serve? Little Rock? Uh, all of central Arkansas. I've done two births in Conway. Mm-hmm. I don't like that drive. At all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am so close to the Little Rock hospitals, though, that it mm-hmm. works really well for Little Rock births. But, you know, I, 45 minutes isn't an unreasonable amount of time to drive for a birth, mm-hmm. especially... Um, if they're not a precipitous birther, <laughs> mm-hmm. have babies five minutes in their bathrooms. <laughs>
0: right. Um, how did you get started with your volunteer work? And how's that been? You know, it's
1: funny. I, I feel like a lot of people who volunteer for that organization have had a loss in the past mm-hmm. or they were had someone really close to them who had a loss. And that's kind of what spurred them to do it. I didn't. I haven't. I've never had a loss. I've never had a miscarriage or still were. Um But I just I can only only describe it as a calling there was like a little voice in the back of my head that was like, "You need to do this. Mm-hmm. You need to do this. If you're going to use your camera to photograph sacred things like birth, you need to use it for this too." Mm-hmm. And honestly, I so I applied. And when? Sorry, when did you apply? I applied in at the beginning of last December. Okay. And immediately after I did it, I was so nervous. I was like, "Why did I do that?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, I feel like with the callings that happens a lot with when it's something. I don't know, that just seems kind of crazy. You're like, why did I do this? This is insane. Mm -hmm. Why have I done this? Um, And so I was very, very nervous until I shadowed my first session with the area coordinator and my hands were shaking on the drive over. And I was just very nervous because it's a big deal. These are the only pictures that will ever be taken of this little human. Mm -hmm. This is the only professional photos they're ever going to have, the family Mm -hmm. will ever have of this child. Mm -hmm. It's like the proof that this little person existed. you know. And it's kind of sacred. It really is. I'm one of the few people on earth that meet these little people, you know, I, because their little bodies are only here for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, they're born and then they're buried or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the minute I walked into the room, I felt an incredible calm and just peace just pass over me. And every time that that's the way it is when I go to a session, I'm just completely at peace and calm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it comes from being in the place you're supposed to be. Like, I feel more than anything I've ever done, except for maybe being with my kids, that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be on the planet earth at that time, which it's really
0: pretty cool feeling to yeah. have. I'm, I'm, let's touch on that briefly for a second. Cause I've heard other people say the same thing. Um, the, the podcast episode actually coming today out today, she said something similar. She had this gut feeling about doing something with her business and she followed it and it worked out beautifully. Um, a uh, restaurant I worked for in Durango, Colorado. The um, he's now the owner of it, but he said something the same way. He when he hires, he listens to his gut. He goes on based on a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. So whether it you call it intuition or um, some comes from a dream or a calling or a gut feeling, it all seems to come from the, the same place. How are you? How are you feeling? And I think sometimes feelings are kind of disregarded a lot. Um, and I think some people don't trust it. But why not explore it a little bit and see and see what happens, you know, mm-hmm. instead of, because I think either you can kind of take this step, whether you you believe in faith or not, or, or God or not, you take this step and see what happens, and maybe it turns out okay. Um, or you don't take that step and kind of let fear prevent right. you from Absolutely. moving forward.
1: And I think that in a very real way, sometimes if it's not the right time for you, it'll be stopped. Mm-hmm. Like with the foster parenting for us, like we had just finished the training when we found out my husband's being deployed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was like a door shut. There you go. I mean, like we felt called called to do that, but maybe the answer, you know, was later, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like that you really will be guided to know like what's right. And if you have that feeling, go for it, see what happens. Maybe the door will shut, but maybe it will be the absolutely right thing for you to do.
0: There's a lot of risk there that I'm sure it can a lot of be,
1: risk can be very scary. I am the most sensitive human on earth. I mm-hmm. cannot handle it if I see you know a cat that's been hit on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was insane. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't do this. I can't be and see babies who've passed. I, if I read a book and something happens to a child I stop reading it immediately and go leave a bad review somewhere so that other people don't <laughs> yeah. you know upset themselves it's a trigger for me yeah so the fact that I can do this is insane mm-hmm. I, it's it's crazy but
0: there it is As mm-hmm. much th- of a shock to me as anyone else well, yeah and maybe it has to do with there's a little something more because you're you're taking these photos and you're, you're providing something to the family you mm-hmm. know it's not just right. that their baby is passed it's right here's a memory i'm going to preserve it for mm-hmm. you and, and
1: i am everything. very much in working mode mm-hmm. when i do the sessions so it's not that i'm just like an extra mourner
0: i'm mm-hmm.
1: i'm doing some i'm doing work so mm-hmm. and i, I can I kind of can be behind the mask of my camera at that time you know mm-hmm. and that's how i am during births too unless the mom or whoever engages me in conversation, I'll be very much fly on the wall, mm-hmm. you know, just recording it as it goes down, mm-hmm. you know, just however your birth experience happens, just fly on the wall recording it.
0: Yeah. And you just showed me those beautiful photographs. It's not, it's not about the graphic moments. It's oh, about the no. <laughs> the relationships that are happening as soon as the baby is Absolutely. there.
1: And just the support before mm-hmm. baby's born, you know, just the pictures of her little girls coloring while they're waiting for their little sister to be born, you know, just every little moment that, you know, in the hubbub, you're not going to remember that. Mm -hmm. You won't remember it. You won't remember, you know, what picture your seven-year-old colored while you were in labor. But later on, you can look back that and, and, you know, it's just, it's really cool. You can look Mm -hmm. back at it and just be in awe of the look on your husband's face Mm -hmm. because my own birth photos that I have a few of that were taken to the cell. <laughs> um, I still love to look back at them though, mm-hmm. and just see the support and the love and the the awe on my mm-hmm. husband's face. And you know, even if you're really mad at him that day, you'd be like, "Oh,
0: he loved me so much. <laughs> I guess I should forgive you for forgetting to take the trash out." <laughs> right. And it's a beautiful thing for that those babies too. So the siblings. So I'd mentioned I'm one of of eight, and I was actually present or I, so I missed a couple of my mom's births because she had so many kids. Um But after, I could be there for all yeah, time. I mean, I fell asleep waiting for my youngest sister to arrive. She took forever. Um But when she did arrive the next day and there, there was photos of that. Now I can look back at that and be like, Hey, this is the moment I met you. And Hey, I'm mm-hmm. holding you. And that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. I think too, even for mm-hmm. the siblings to look back and like, Oh, that's the moment we met. Like, a very good. bonding thing. Mm-hmm. Really. Life is all about family, you know. Mm -hmm. And these are the connections when they're made, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Just connections when they start the forging of a new thing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it is beautiful. Well, talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges you face. I know this is you've been doing this for about a year now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, technically I started in October. In October. Okay, so so coming up on a year, but you've had some some really fun things happen. Your your photos were featured in a magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, You have some other successes. Mm Um, what, so talk about both. Let's talk about some of the challenges and some of the the successes you've had.
1: Um, I think the challenge is with birth photography, which is why there's not been someone specializing in it here until now. Um, it's just not a big thing. Our birth culture here in Arkansas is a little bit behind the times, maybe I would say, I mean, depending on where you're comparing it to. So if you compare it to like California, where there are tons of midwives Mm -hmm. and, you know, natural birth is the thing. Everybody Mm -hmm. drinks green smoothies and does hippie things like have home births, you know, Mm -hmm. um, then obviously like with that is going to come. I want this. I have spent so much time and effort to make sure that this birth was natural and, you know, every single thing planned out that obviously I want it documented. Um, when you get into a more medical model of birth where there are moms who are just like, I don't really care. Just whatever. Just get the baby out. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously if they don't care about their birth experience, they don't realize the sacredness of it. Then why would they want it documented? You know, but there is a big push, a big, big push. There's an organization called Arkansas birth matters. And there are definitely local midwives, local doulas, other local birth workers like me who are pushing to have women's rights respected. Um, So that they see the sacredness in birth, they know that that experience and the way it goes down is going to change things for the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, change things for the way they view themselves as a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, So, sorry, real quick, when you say sacred, what do you mean? Birth has always been like a testing ground for women. Mm -hmm. Um, Just getting through something—it's—it's a big thing. It's like battle for men. Mm -hmm. You know, men always talk about or you know the men who have been at war like that's a defining point in their life mm-hmm. where they had the courage the bravery you know that they transcended their fear and moved on because they had to and it changes you it changes you as a person mm-hmm. when and, and and a mother goes through that as well um and when they real a mother really embraces that and says you know can um has a lot of self awareness about their emotions they can say look this is something i'm doing i'm transcending my fear because it can be scary. It hurts. You know, mm. birth is scary. And I, I'm sure you've read the stories about maternal mortality in the United States. It's worse than any other um, industrialized country. Mm. So it's a scary place to be, give birth. A scary place in time to give birth again. Mm. Like it used to be, you know, dark mm. ages. Yeah. Um, but it is. It, it's scary. Anything can happen. It's an unknown quantity, which is why the medical model has tried to come in and control it. Because the unknown is scary Mm -hmm. and we want to control it, but you can't control it. Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows if you're going to be in labor for 23 hours or two. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what APGAR score your baby's going to have. We don't know. It's the unknown. And as humans, we want to control the unknown. But as a mother, when you are pregnant, you have to embrace it. Mm -hmm. You have to embrace it, go through the fire, and come out changed on the other side. Um, But if you don't give it much thought, and are just very disconnected in a modern way from our bodies, the way we tend to be now. Um, I feel like you don't feel that sacred change, mm-hmm. you know, going through the fire and becoming a stronger person for it. If you just say, "Oh, just knock me out," I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Then you're denying yourself a very transformative experience
0: or sacred experience. Mm-hmm. That's a great explanation. And to go back to the challenges, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry to interrupt there. There are many. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, let's touch on a couple and then we can go to the. Well, I think the
1: biggest one is just the same as any other new business opening. You want know, people to know that you exist. Mm-hmm. So, um, just the challenges of marketing when you're a very creative mindset, it tends to not be the same path mm-hmm. because an artist tends to want to just, I just want to create beautiful things and they'll come and find Mm -hmm. but you can't be that way. So as much as I don't want to, I have to have, you know, a very big presence on social media and I would rather just create beautiful things, Mm -hmm. but you have to reach people so that they can see your beautiful things and, you know, allow you to continue to create beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a lot of networking. It's a lot of marketing and that's not necessarily the fun part of the business, but it must be done to be a successful business. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, even just setting your prices, That's hard Mm -hmm. because as an artist, you want to just, I just want to do it for the love of it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, being a birth worker takes a very big toll on your family. Um, It's a really, really big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on call for three weeks before the Mm -hmm. birth and really from the minute I'm booked. I mean, if they had a, you know, a preemie, I would try my best to be there. Mm -hmm. But from 37 weeks on, we take two cars everywhere. Mm -hmm. When we go out to dinner, we take two cars in case I need to leave. Um, Um, you know, my camera bag is always packed in by the door. Mm -hmm. I have a set of clothes. I have birth bags with snacks and everything I might need. My cameras are always charged. Um, I can't take a newborn session during that time because I wouldn't want to leave in the middle of doing a newborn session to go to a birth. Mm -hmm. Like I can't book other things. So it's a very big, um, it's a big sacrifice to the family who might miss me for birthdays and parties and Mm -hmm. family
0: dinners and Christmas, theoretically. Yeah. Um. Do you only worth it? it. Um, yeah. Do you only book one birth at a time? That-
1: I try to only book one to three births per month. Okay. It has a lot to do with whether I have travel plans mm-hmm. or anything else planned in that month. Yeah. Um, I will go up to three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's only because I do have some other local backups that I can call on. If I didn't have anyone to call on for backup, I would never book more than one. Mm-hmm. But I do have some wonderful local backups that I really feel like I can call on, I've never had to, Mm -hmm. but if I needed to, I could call on them and say, Hey, I'm stuck at another birth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you grab this other one for me?
0: So. Yeah. And that, uh, that's a good point too, to bring up. I think when you're able to, talk to and build relationships with people in your field, then mm-hmm. you can rely on them. When right. You need them. And I Absolutely. think it was a big struggle for me for a long time of um, trying to work through, well, you know, how do I interact with other writers? What if this happens? What if that happens? But if we're all doing what we need to do, then we can, we help each other instead right. of you know, taking from each other. Absolutely, um, It's, it's, it's hard and it's,
1: It makes you feel icky Mm -hmm. when you think about connecting with another person in your field to feel like it's competition. Mm -hmm. But really community over competition. That's Mm -hmm. what where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard when you're like, I've worked so hard, I have hustled so hard to get to this point and now like what you're doing it now too. Like, mm-hmm. don't take, you know, don't take over all the hard work that I've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, we are a community. We're a village and we need each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something important. And you just have to keep
0: that in front of your eyes. Just know we're a community. 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 <laughs> yeah. well, that's a good way of looking at it. Well, talk to me about some of the successes you've had. Um.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like I've basically... I don't know if it's even cool to say that, but I've made back my startup costs in under a year. Mm -hmm. So that's a success. Most small businesses do not make back their spark, their startup costs in a year. They usually do it in the first three years, Mm -hmm. according to the Arkansas small business association at Euler. I went and talked to somebody there. Um, and you got expensive equipment. You, I have you expensive equipment. You have to have the best mm-hmm. low-light equipment to mm-hmm. deal with birth because they're not always going to be okay with lights being on.
0: Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. always going to be
1: okay with flashes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, photography, the definition of it is painting with light. Oh, and if there's beautiful. no light, mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. does make a challenge. So, yeah, very expensive gear. Um, some other things I've done, I won the Arkansas Breastfeeding Coalition's Art contest this year with my submission, Mm -hmm. um, of a mother breastfeeding her child. So that was really cool. That just happened. Um, I really feel like I have connected with a lot of people locally, a lot of people in the birth field. Um, and I feel like, we've made personal relationships. And I did know a lot of doulas before I left, but then I left for three years and this Mm -hmm. is my home. But when you leave for three years and a lot changed in the birth climate during those three years. So I feel like I missed a lot and I had to reconnect to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and um, just try to figure out my place again Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the like, area you know just in my where I I fit in with everything um but I am the preferred birth photographer with a local group of doulas Arkansas family doulas so that is a big deal Mm -hmm. I am their preferred birth photographer my work is all over the website Mm -hmm. um and we work very closely
0: together and we have some really good friendships Mm -hmm. so that's awesome (laughs) um and you were born and raised in Little Rock I was I am an army brat
1: though so Mm -hmm. I have come and gone many times Mm -hmm. Um, and has been with some of the struggles I have with the birth climate here, not being very forward thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate to say it. I've kind of regretted coming back here when we were overseas. The military was like, look, right, write your ticket wherever you want to go. We'll move you there. Mm -hmm. I could have gone anywhere. We literally could have gone anywhere, but I wanted to come back home. Mm -hmm. where family was Mm -hmm. for three years. We were 6,000 miles away from the kids' grandparents. Mm -hmm. That's hard. They had to talk to their grandparents through a screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, my three-year-old still is like, see? See, Coco? I'm like, no, no. Like, we'll just drive. She lives two minutes away. Like, yeah. We'll just go see her for real. Yeah. She's not in the phone. She doesn't right. live in the phone. Right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see her in person. Now. Yeah. I feel like, though, I owe it to my kids mm-hmm. um, because this is home. Mm-hmm. And eventually I might have daughter-in-laws here who give birth. And mm-hmm. I owe it to them. To my eventual maybe grandchildren to improve the birth climate. Mm-hmm. instead of just pulling it easy and going somewhere where there's tons of midwives and everything's just, you know, very above board. And Oh yeah, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. birth centers, we don't have one. Mm-hmm. There's one birth center in the state and it's up North. Oh, in Fayetteville. Wow. So okay. the capital okay. of our state does not have a birth center. Wow. So women having a baby are stuck in the same position. I was, you either go to the hospital because I had some, um, high risk complications with my oldest, Mm -hmm. or you do it at home with a midwife, there's Mm -hmm. no in between for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Just recently, midwives are allowed to practice at UAMS, so Mm -hmm. you can get a midwife if you go into UAMS, but you don't know which one it's going to be, you don't see them for your prenatal care, Mm -hmm. and it's only like the 12 hour day shift, so they don't do the night shift, so like you can maybe get a midwife, Mm -hmm. and it's very cool, but we need a birth center. Yeah. Um, and I feel like clients in birth centers, so places in the states who have birth centers, a lot of their clients want their birth documented mm-hmm. because they spend a lot of time and effort planning them and they understand mm-hmm. the sacred birth space and they want it captured. They want to remember it. They mm-hmm. want to remember that transition that they have.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, Brittany, I think that was all the questions I had okay. for today. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Brittany. It's been a pleasure talking with you. This has been Sustaining Craft with Elizabeth Silverstein and my guest today, Brittany Oaks of Wandering Oaks Photography. Brittany, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and my website,
1: um, www.arkansasbirthphotography.com. Perfect.
0: And this podcast was not possible without the help of my friends. Logo by Morgan Lane of The Inkling Girl. Audio editing by Joshua Kurtz and music by Jim Tiago of Nomad Neighbors. Catch Nomad Neighbors playing each weekend around Denver, and find more of Jim's music on iTunes, Spotify, and elsewhere music can be found under Seven Seconds Chance. Before we go, Brittany, what advice do you have for others considering or in a creative field like yours?
1: Um, Really, I think that you have to realize that you aren't just an artist. You also have to be a marketer. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to continue your art and not get burned out, you can't do it for free. And you have to charge appropriately. You have to figure what that is for your family and for you. And then you have to hustle. You have to do the hustle to make it work. Great advice. Well, thanks again, Brittany. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you.